Good morning, everybody. This morning we're going to be going through Matthew 4, and we're going to be talking about Jesus in the wilderness being tempted, and then his introduction to his ministry here on earth. So we're going to wait for some people to come on here, and let me put this in the comments. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning. All day yesterday I thought it was Tuesday. I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday today. Can somebody tell me if I'm right? Because I'm not actually sure. Good morning, good morning. Matthew 4 today, guys. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining in this morning. We're going to be going through Matthew 4. Matthew 4 today. So if you have your Bibles, it is Tuesday. Okay, thank you guys. I needed that. Alright. What was I going to say? Oh yeah, if you have your Bibles, or if you have notes, if you guys like to take notes, helps you remember, helps you do whatever, do that this morning. We're going to be going through. We're going to see what the Lord has to say about Matthew 4 this morning. So... We're going through the book of Matthew. I'm assuming we're just going to keep going. Cade started on it a couple days ago, and there's really good stuff. Just like the rest of the whole Bible, right? There's good stuff all over. So we're just going to keep going. We're going to keep pressing in. And, yeah. We're going to see what the Lord, what the Spirit says this morning as we read. When we read the Word, it never comes back empty. There's always something that the Spirit wants to show us that he wants to teach us right he's walking with us and he's called our helper our encourager our counselor and he's gonna teach us things so this morning we're gonna be taught by the Holy Spirit good morning everybody good morning Lord we pray for socks dog in Jesus name Lord we ask for whatever is going on Lord that you would bring a resolution God healing health. Lord, you know the desires of your children's hearts, and you want to fulfill them, so Lord, we pray that you would move. It's funny how many people, especially on uh, Taylor's live streams, will ask for prayer for their dogs. But the Lord knows your heart, and he knows what you care about, and he wants to see your heart fulfilled. So this morning we're going to be going through Matthew 4, and we're going to start right at verse 1 this morning. So let's do it. Matthew 4. So, Matthew 4 starts with Jesus being sent by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit into the wilderness, into the desert, to fast for 40 days. So, Jesus has not eaten for 40 days. So, that's pretty extreme, right? That's a long time. That's a month and 10 days to not eat. But he's starting to get very hungry. So, after you fast for that long... At some point, you kind of lose that hunger and your body starts to shift to uh, getting your energy from energy that's been stored in your body. But he's starting to get hungry, so he's coming to this end of this 40-day fast. And we're going to read what happens here. Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. So the Spirit, right? We just read in Matthew 3 that the Spirit came upon Jesus after he got baptized by John. And now the Spirit is leading him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
And then for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came to him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, the devil tempts him in an area that Jesus is weak in at this point, right? He's bodily, he's fleshly weak, he's hungry, and so the devil comes to him with this temptation to eat, right? The devil has, knows Jesus has been fasting, so he knows he's hungry, and he knows that if he's truly the Son of Man, he can make these stones into bread right but Jesus says no people do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God so right right what's the point of fasting Jesus kind of gives that away here the point of fasting is building ourselves up right it builds our spirit within us because our flesh becomes weak and we have to rely on our spiritual bread right on prayer and fasting and coming before the Lord and wanting him to fill us where we cannot fill ourselves physically, right? To, to put aside the things that are physically limiting, right? And to grow in our spirit, to trust and rely on the Lord. He says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the word of the Lord is our daily bread, right? It fills our spirit. We need to get in the word every day to have our fill, our spiritual fill of the word. And that keeps us strong spiritually, just like physical bread keeps our physical body strong. Okay, and then here's the second temptation, verse 5 in Matthew 4. Then the devil took him to the holy city Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. So here's the second temptation from the devil. He takes him to the highest point of the temple, which is the biggest, probably the biggest building in Jerusalem at that point. And he says, if you're the son of God, jump off. For the Bible says, right, the devil quotes scripture. He quotes Psalm 91, right? He knows what the word says, but he's trying to twist what the word says to make Jesus go against it. And he says, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. The devil quotes that from Psalm 91. But Jesus responds, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God, right? So Jesus combats scripture, this lie that the devil pulls with scripture, right? He comes back and he says, but the Bible also says. So it shows us the importance of knowing our word, right? Of knowing what the word says. We can't just use one verse and go off that for everything, right? Then we, that we miss the point, right? Because the Bible isn't just a bunch of one little verses. It's a whole theme, right? There's different verses that speak differently to us in different times and speak about different things. But Jesus responds with, you must not test the Lord your God, right? Verse 8, Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And the devil says, I will give it all to you 
if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. So the third temptation from the devil. What was it? He gives Jesus a view from a very high mountain. Shows him all the kingdoms of the world. Shows him the whole world and says, I will give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. Right? But Jesus says, get out of here. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Yesterday afternoon we talked about what's a soul worth, right? Are you going to sell your soul, this is a common saying, right? Sell your soul to the devil to gain things on earth. Or are you going to keep your soul in the hands of the Lord and work for him, right? And it's interesting how the devil says, I have the power over the all the, over all the kingdoms of the earth, right? The devil has some control over the earth at this point, right? This is before Jesus has gone to death, gone to hell after he has died and stolen the keys of death in the grave from the devil, right? The devil no longer has any rule and reign over everybody on this earth because we as Christians have the spirit of God within us and upon us to walk in power over the devil. He has no place in our lives anymore. He has no say in what happens to us because we are children of God. And since we are children of God, we are heirs to his throne. And since we are heirs to his throne, we are rulers of the kingdom that we live in right now, right? We are more than overcomers through Christ who gives us strength. And Jesus tells Satan, he doesn't say, Satan, no, you're wrong. You don't have power over. He says, get out of here, Satan. He just rebukes him. He tells him to go away. Go away, Satan, because you must not, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And immediately the devil left, right? The devil can't stand in the presence of Jesus when he says to go. Get out of here, Satan. And so it shows that the devil, he's going to try to trick us with this, these same temptations, right? He's going to try to use scriptures. People might quote scriptures to us in a, in a false way to try to, to get us to go against what God would actually desire against other parts of scripture. He might tempt us in our own body, right? Where we're weak in our own body, whether that's through lust or any other fleshly temptation, right? Things that we desire. But we have to say, no, I don't live by the flesh. I live by the spirit. I live by the word of God. This is what I live by. And then the third thing, the devil can offer us power in this life, right? He can offer us things, but we have to worship him instead of worshiping God. And there's nothing that is worth that on this earth. There's nothing. There's not kingdoms. There's not nations on this earth that are worth more than your soul. Because your soul is an eternal thing. It's not just this life. Your soul will go on and it's going to go one of two places. It's going to go to heaven. It's going to go up or it's going to go down. There's no in between. There's no third option. So we need to be willing to worship only the Lord, to not worship the things of this earth, to put the Lord God above everything in this earth, to not sell our soul, to not sell our soul to the world. What is a man worth that he should sell his soul? What is the, I just read it yesterday in our life. I got to find it now because it's going to bother me. 
believe it's in Matthew 16. I'm in Matthew, so I gotta go the other way. Yep, Matthew 16, verse 24, but we're gonna look at verse 26. Jesus says to his disciples, What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. Jesus is saying here, your soul is more, worth more than the whole world. That's how much you're of worth to him. That's how much he wants you to be in heaven. That's how much he doesn't want you to be in hell. He said, I'd rather have your soul than have you gain the whole world. I want your heart. I want your soul. I want everything. So we have to be willing to give up the things of this world that man can give to us, that the devil can give to us. Amen, Blake. There's nothing worth that much more than our soul. So that's the section on temptation. That's verse 1 through 11 of Matthew 4. Now, I, t I titled this one, Temptation and Ministry, right? So Jesus goes through this time of temptation. He's led by the Spirit. The Spirit actually leads him into the wilderness to fast, right? To become weak, fleshly, so that his spirit may grow, right? And Jesus is the Word of God. He knows the Word of God, and He rebukes the devil with the Word. And we can do the same thing. When we get tempted, we can open up the Word of God. And we say, no, I do not live by bread alone. I do not live by my flesh. But I live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I live by the Word of God. I live by what God says, not my, what, not what I want. And that's, that's an easy way to combat temptation. So if you're struggling with temptation, with falling into that, say no right away. you got to say no to it. And then come and get to spiritual fill so that you can fight off those temptations. Now we're going to look at Jesus' ministry. He begins his ministry in verse 12 to the end. And he starts to preach. He preaches in Galilee. And he goes to Capernaum. But we're going to read at verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. So John the Baptist, we talked a lot about him yesterday in Matthew 3. If you missed that one, you should go watch it. It was really good. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. And this fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. Right? Here's another scripture fulfilled from Isaiah. Yesterday there were two, I believe, different scriptures from Isaiah that were fulfilled by Jesus being baptized. And Matthew is a book to the Jews, to the Jewish people, because Matthew himself was a devout, he was a Jew, right? He was living in that time. And he understood the Jewish ways. So the book of Matthew is written to the Jews so that they understand. He, and he includes these, prof, or these um, portions of scripture from Isaiah so that the Jewish people can see Oh yeah, like that was prophesied by Isaiah, our prophet, from how many years ago? Hundreds of years ago. And now we see Jesus. He has fulfilled these prophecies. He is the Messiah, right? Because this is what the people have been waiting for. There's some Jews who don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And they've missed it. They've missed the prophecies. They didn't understand who Jesus was actually going to be. But Matthew is using these 
to show us that Jesus is the one who had been promised from the very beginning. He had been spoken about throughout the word. He is the word of God, right? So this is the prophecy that was given in Isaiah. Isaiah, 40, Isaiah 9 and Isaiah 42. In the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, and Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. So what did we just read? He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. And that's exactly what Isaiah said, in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea, right, beside the Sea of Galilee, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles lived, right? It's just showing these people that this is the Messiah, this is the fulfillment of prophecy. All right, so let's keep going, verse 17. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Do you guys remember that from yesterday? That's the same thing that John was preaching yesterday. Repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. He's preaching repentance of sins. It's a common thing throughout the whole word, through the Old Testament and the New Testament, repentance. Repentance is so important. Repentance is coming before the Lord, recognizing that we are, have not lived up to the standard of the law of God, of the word of God, and repenting before the Lord, saying, Lord, I am sorry. I need your help. I surrender to you, God. I don't want to do this again. I turn away from this evil deed. And I need your power to come in me. To help me follow you. To walk out of this sin. I repent. Repenting of your sins and turning to God, right? It's a 180. It's, I'm not going to sin. I'm going to turn to God. you got to flip. Verse 18. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. So Jesus is now walking along the Sea of Galilee, as we read, and he calls out to four different men, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, who are going to become four of the twelve of Jesus' disciples, of those that are going to follow him and go everywhere. And once Jesus calls out to them, they immediately followed him. Right? Verse 20 says, They left their nets, they left their jobs, they left their father at once and followed him. And verse 22, James and John, they immediately followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. And we talked about yesterday, we have to be willing to give up something. We have to be willing to follow the Lord. Because he already wills for us to do his will, right? He already has a plan for us. He already loves us. We have to be willing to accept that. We have to be vulnerable we have to come before the lord and say yes lord your ways are higher than my ways your plans are greater than my plans i want to follow you i'm going to give up what i thought i needed what i thought i had to do what i thought was my calling and i want you to tell me and i want to follow you and these men seeing jesus right seeing this light 
as the prophecy in Isaiah had said, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. They knew that there was something about this Jesus guy that was worth giving up their jobs, their family, to follow him. And they followed him immediately. All right, verse 23. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed, or epileptic, or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from the east of the Jordan River. So after he calls these disciples, he starts to preach. He travels and he teaches in the synagogue, so in the churches at that time, and announces the good news about the kingdom. He's announcing his coming, right? He's announcing, I am here, the one you have waited for. I am here. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And he healed, right? The Spirit is upon him at this point, and he starts his ministry. He starts teaching, and he starts healing. He heals every kind of disease and illness, anything. And news about him spread. People came, whatever their sickness, whatever their disease, if they were demon-possessed, right? Or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed all of them. He healed all of them. There was not one he could not heal. And so Jesus is going through these synagogues. He's preaching, he's teaching, he's healing. And this large crowd starts to follow him, obviously, right? If, if somebody was walking around healing people, casting demons out, I'd probably follow him for a while too. And after this, Matthew 5, 6, 7 even, is the Sermon on the Mount. When all these people are following him, Jesus gives this sermon on the mount. And he preaches to these people, and he starts to show them the scriptures, what they really mean, what the Lord really means to them, what he wants them to do, right? So this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And there's a promise, right? After Jesus had died and resurrected, that same spirit that was upon Jesus that allowed him to teach and to preach and to heal he sent that same spirit to us and it lives in us. And we have that same ability to go and go into all the earth to teach and preach, to tell people, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And to heal and to cast out demons. In Mark 16, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave the great commission to the disciples this is the last thing he told them before he ascended. He said, go into all the world and preach, right? Preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. And these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. I believe. Do you believe? Because these miraculous signs will accompany you if you believe. If you have faith, they will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. That's the Great Commission. That's a great sending. And yeah, exactly. We're going to do greater things than these.
So that's the call of Jesus. And he, he modeled it perfectly here, right? Preaching and healing and going into all the world and doing amazing things by the power of the Spirit. So that's Matthew 4 this morning. Let's end this morning with some prayer. So pray with me, guys. Lord, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for your word, God. We thank you for the ways that is it alive, that it's alive and powerful. Lord, it's a sharp two-edged sword. It cuts between our soul and our spirit. It shows us where we have gone right and where we have gone wrong, Lord. And it builds us up, right? Lord, your word is our daily bread. It's our daily filling of your spirit, Lord. It builds us up, God. It builds our inner man, our inner spirit up to be filled, Lord so that we may overflow, Lord, that we may preach the good news to all people, of all nations, of all tongues, near and far, Lord, and that we may go in the power of the Spirit that lives within us and is upon us to preach and to teach and to heal and to cast out, to do the same things and even greater things that you have done, Lord. Lord, I pray for faith to arise in your people this morning, God, that they would believe that they are children of God, Lord. They would know that, that if they have placed their faith and their trust in you, God, that they are children of God, and they walk in the same power because they have received the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Lord. Lord, I pray that that would become such a promise and such a reality for us, God, that we would grow in your love, that we would grow in the power of your spirit, that we would grow in closeness to you, God. Lord, you say when we come close to you, you will come close to us, God. So we come close to you this morning, Lord. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be upon your people, God. Lord, let them feel your presence even now, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are near, Lord. You are not far away from us. You are near, Lord. You give us peace. You give us joy. Every good thing is from you, God. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And you have come to give life and have and give it to the full, Lord. So when we put our faith and our trust in you, when we look to you, God, we receive this from you, Lord. We receive the power of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You give all these things to us, Lord, by your Spirit, so we trust in you. We place our faith and our trust in you this morning. Lord, I thank you for each and every one that joined us this morning that's going to watch this afterward. Lord, I just pray that you would be on them, Lord. That you would be near to them, God. That they would recognize that, Lord. You are already there and you want to speak and you want to move in their lives, God. That you have even greater things planned for them than they have planned for themselves, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. By the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Good morning. We just finished up Matthew 4 for everybody who just joined. Um, if you want to watch it, it's going to be posted on our Living Love Story. Thanks for everybody who joined this morning. If you guys liked it, make sure you come back at 2 p.m. We're going to be doing these at 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. And we want to see you there. We want to grow with you. This is a time of coming before the Lord, reading His Word, and letting it speak to us. This isn't anything that's out of my own knowledge, right? It's just the Word of God. It's what the Spirit wants to say, right? The Spirit is our counselor, our teacher, our encourager, and our helper. 
He shows us things that we would not understand on our, on our own, right? He builds us up. So I love you guys. Thanks for joining this morning. If you have any questions, let us know. And we'll catch you on the next one.